0: Hello, Set Apart Saints. This is David Nakao Wilcoxon. This audio is from the Olivet Discourse Decoded video series. The videos were low tech, mostly me just reading what's on the screen, so you're not missing much in the audio version. The Olivet Discourse Decoded PDFs that I refer to in the lessons can be found at www.theolivetdiscourse.com. Enjoy the lesson. Hello, Set Apart Saints. This is David. And in this lesson, I will continue the verse-by-verse explanation of Matthew 24 and cover verses 16 through 20, which confine the prophecy to people who lived in Judea. In the last two videos, I proved out what the abomination of desolation is per Luke 20:20 20, 20 to 21, which says, And when ye see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them, which are in Judea, flee to the mountains and let them which are in the midst of it depart out and let not them that are in the countries enter there into so proclaiming that it's anything other than what scripture declares is absurd that's why we have the witness of different gospels we saw how the abomination of desolation took place in 66 ad when cestius and his army surrounded jerusalem to take it captive and then they left for no explained reason and we saw How the saints were able to make their escape to flee to the mountains that are northeast of jerusalem for protection during the jewish roman war of 66 to 70 a.d which caused the desolation of jerusalem the second temple and the jewish nation so if you haven't watched those videos i suggest doing that first to give the proper context for the remaining verses of messiah's olivet discourse teachers who take the literal approach of bible prophecy Proclaim that the sun, moon, and stars in verse 29 point to the literal heavenly bodies. Yet they dismiss the literal declaration of Messiah, who is isolating the need to flee to people who are in Judea. If he was applying the command to the whole world, then he would not have said to flee Judea. We don't get to dismiss his words to promote our beliefs. We have to take him at his word. In verses 17 through 20, are about what people in Judea would have faced, which don't really apply to us today. Matthew 24:16 says, Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. The Gospel of Mark says, Let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains. The Gospel of Luke says, Let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. All three Gospels declare that this is a command for people who live in Judea. People dismiss Messiah's word, and proclaim that it applies to everyone in the end times, but that's being dishonest with the text. If this applies to everyone in the world, why would we need to flee to the mountains? How would that help us? Messiah specifically pointed to Judea, not to the whole world. The saints in Judea saw the abomination of desolation take place in November 66 of AD, and they sought the opportunity to flee Judea to the mountains for safety. In Matthew twenty-four seventeen to 20 Messiah is giving additional instructions to them, which again isolate the prophecy to people in Judea. After the Jewish-Roman War of 66-70 AD, some remnant Jews continued to fight against Roman rule in Judea. Years of clashes between Jews and Romans in Judea led to the second major revolt, called the Barkaka Revolt. Finally, in 132 AD, The misrule of Tinius Rufus, the Roman governor of Judea, combined with Emperor Hadrian's intention to found a Roman colony on the site of Jerusalem, and his restrictions on Jewish religious freedom and observances, roused the last remnants of Jewry to revolt. Bar Kokhba became the leader of this second Jewish revolt. He was successful at first, but his forces proved no match against the methodical and ruthless tactics of the Roman general Julius Severus. After the defeat of Bar Kokhba in 135 AD, Roman Emperor Hadrian was determined to wipe out Judea's identity and renamed it Syria-Palestina. For people today who oppose the Palestinians and proclaim that the land was never called Palestine, we see proof of their error. Until 135 AD, the area had been called the province of Judea by the Romans, and it has not been called Judea since then. So this aligns with the first century fulfillment of the Olivet Discourse, as it's not called Judea today, and Messiah specifically gave these commands to people who lived in Judea. Matthew 24, 17 says, Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. If this applies to everyone in the world, when the supposed one-man Antichrist appears, why would we not be able to come into our house and take anything out of it? It makes no sense. After the abomination of desolation took place in Judea in 66 AD, the followers of Messiah had to escape quickly after Cestius and his army left and after the Jewish rebels left Jerusalem to chase after them. So it makes perfect sense. Dr. Thomas Newton, in Dissertations on the Prophecies, from 1754 says, The houses of the Jews were flat on the top, for them to walk upon. And had usually stairs on the outside by which they might ascend and descend without coming into the house. In the eastern walled cities, the flat-roofed houses usually form continued terraces from one end of the city to the other, which terraces terminated at the gates. He therefore, who is walking and regaling himself upon the house top, let him not come down to take anything out of his house, but let him instantly pursue his course along the tops of the houses and escape out of the city as fast as he possibly can. John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible from 1809 says, in talking about being on the housetop, who should be there either for his devotion or recreation, for the houses of the Jews were built with flat roofs and battlements about them, which they made use of for diversion and pleasure, and for private meditation and prayer, for social conversation, and sometimes for public preaching. Matthew ten twenty seven says, What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the ear, that ye preach upon the housetops. About the phrase not come down to take anything out of the house, he says, That is, let him not come down in the inner way, but by the stairs or ladder on the outside of the house, which was usual. They had two ways of going out of and into their homes. The one they called the way of the doors the other the way of the roof, to go up on the outside, by way or means of a ladder, fixed at the entrance of the door of the upper room, and from thence he goes down into the house by a ladder. He continues, and let him not go into the house to take any of his goods, or money, or food along with him necessary for his sustenance in his flight, lest while he is busy in taking care of these, he loses his life, or at least the opportunity of making his escape, so sudden is this desolation represented to be. Matthew twenty four eighteen says, Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. Once again, if this applies to everyone in the world when the supposed one-man antichrist appears, then why shouldn't we return to the field to get our clothes? It makes no sense. Messiah continued to emphasize the urgency of leaving Judea after the sign of the abomination of desolation, after the Roman army left. It was a time of urgency, as the Jewish rebels would soon return after chasing the Roman army, and these rebels were very wicked. Of this, Albert Barnes notes in the Bible says, His clothes which in working he had laid aside, or which in fleeing he should throw off as an encumbrance. Clothes here mean the outer garment, commonly laid aside when men worked or ran, it is said that the Christians, warned by these predictions, fled from the city to Pella and other places beyond the Jordan, so that there is not evidence that a single Christian perished in Jerusalem. Matthew 24:19 says, And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. When Messiah was being led to the cross, women were weeping for him. But Jesus turning unto them said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in which they shall say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fallen us, and to the hills, Cover us. Dr. Thomas Newton, in Dissertations on the Prophecy, says, This woe is sufficiently fulfilled in the cruel slaughters, which were made both of the women and children, and particularly. In that grievous famine which so miserably afflicted jerusalem during the siege for as josephus reports mothers snatched the food from their infants out of their very mouths and again in another place the houses were full of women and children who perished by famine matthew twenty four twenty says but pray ye that your flight be not in the winter neither on the sabbath day Not to beat a dead horse, but if the supposed one-man Antichrist enters the temple to desecrate it, which many people say is the abomination of desolation, how does that affect your life if it happens on the Sabbath? Most people don't observe the scriptural Sabbath, so it has no application in their life. And for those who do, they are either resting at home or they're at church, so why would it matter? So these words show that he spoke of a time when the stringent rabbinical rules concerning the distance that might be traversed on the Sabbath day might be enforced. The Jewish leaders of Messiah's day would have closed the city gates and prevented anyone from leaving the city on the Sabbath. Since we don't live in Jerusalem and are not locked in a city on the Sabbath, this doesn't apply to us and it reinforces the Messiah's Olivet Discourse is about what his disciples faced in Judea in the first century. While Matthew and Mark both gave warnings about not coming down into their houses to not return to the field and pray that this doesn't happen on the Sabbath, the Gospel of Luke adds more information. Following the warning to flee Judea after seeing the Roman army surround Jerusalem to desolate it, he says in Luke twenty-one, twenty-two to 24 For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles, until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. The days of vengeance points back to Daniel 9, 26-27, which foretold that the Jews' temple and city would be desolated as punishment for their abominations in delivering their promised Messiah up to be killed. Luke is describing what women and their children endured during the Jewish Civil War and Roman desolation. Hundreds of thousands of Jews died in and around Jerusalem from famine, pestilence, infighting, suicide evisceration, and crucifixion. Luke says, And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations. Hundreds of thousands of Jews were killed by the sword when the Roman army flooded into Jerusalem in 70 AD, and they led 97,000 Jews away captive and sold them to other nations. So we see the direct fulfillment of what Luke is proclaiming and what took place in 70 AD. This judgment was foretold in Daniel 12 which foretold the three and a half years of the Jewish-Roman War of 66 to 70 AD, when Jerusalem was trodden down by the Gentile Romans until the judgment was fulfilled. The times of the Gentiles is not pointing to a dispensation period when God is dealing with the Gentile nations. That concept is based on the false, futuristic idea that the 70th week of Daniel is when the saints will be raptured out and God will deal with the Jews in Israel for seven years. But the 70th week of Daniel is about Messiah coming to carry out his ministry and to confirm the covenant that Daniel pleaded for Yah the Heavenly Father to remember in Daniel 9, the everlasting covenant, which needed to be ratified with the blood of the spotless lamb. There won't be a future 70th week of Daniel. That is a deception from the enemy to deceive the end time saints. And sadly, it's worked really well. And you can visit the website, 70th week of Daniel. Dot com to learn the truth the context of the olivet discourse is the desolation of the jews temple which happened in 70 ad matthew 24 16 to 20 proves how localized messiah's warnings were and that they apply to those who lived in judea who had living space on the rooftops and would have been forbidden to leave on the sabbath as the gates were closed messiah told them to flee as the combination of the Jewish Civil War and the Roman army was a grave danger to them. Josephus recorded that the Roman army surrounded Jerusalem and built a wall around the city to ensure that nobody escaped. It says, to compass the city round with his army was not very easy, so they built a wall round about the whole city, from the camp of Assyrians along Mount of Olives through Salome, back to the north side of the city. The whole was completed in three days. Titus had therefore encompassed the city with this wall. So all hope of escape was now cut off for the Jews. A deep silence, a kind of deadly night, had seized upon the city. And Josephus doesn't document that a follower of Messiah was killed, as they had heeded the sign of the abomination of desolation and fled to the mountains. Eusebius documented that the saints escaped to the place called Pella, after the army of Cessius left Jerusalem. The whole body of church at Jerusalem, commanded by divine revelation, removed from the royal city and dwelt beyond Jordan at the city called Pella. Adam Clark's Commentary on the Bible from 1837 says, This council was remembered and wisely followed by the Christians afterwards. Eusebius and Epiphanius say that at this juncture, after Cessius Gallus had raised the siege and Vespasian was approaching with his army, All who believed in Christ left Jerusalem and fled to Pella, and other places beyond the river Jordan. And so they all marvelously escaped the general shipwreck of their country. Not one of them perished. John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible says, When this signal is given, let it be taken notice of and observed. Let them that are in the city of Jerusalem depart out of it, and who are in the other parts of Judea, in any of the towns or cities thereof, let them not betake themselves to Jerusalem, imagining they may be safe there, in so strong and fortified a place, but let them flee elsewhere. And accordingly it is observed that many did flee about this time. And it is remarked by several interpreters, in which Josephus takes notice of with surprise, that Cestius Gallus, having advanced with his army to Jerusalem, and besieged it, On a sudden, without cause, raised the siege and withdrew his army, when the city might have been easily taken, by which means a signal was made, and an opportunity given to the Christians to make their escape, which they accordingly did, and went over Jordan, as Eusebius says to a place called Pella, so that when Titus came a few months after, there was not a Christian in the city, but they had fled, as they are here bidden to flee into the mountains, or any places of shelter or refuge. These are mentioned particularly because they are usually such and design either the mountains in Judea or the adjacent countries. In the next video, I'll cover the time of great tribulation that's described in verses twenty one to twenty two. Thank you for listening to this Olivet Discourse Decoded Audio. You can save and print Olivet Discourse Decoded PDF summaries. You can request a free copy of the Olivet Discourse Decoded Book or order a printed copy at www.TheOlivetDiscourse.com Please share this podcast audio with others so that they can see the glory of Messiah in the fulfillment. I love y'all. Shalom.